for the next few minutes, we're going to deal with uh, how to win battles over strongholds. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me and we will start in Joshua chapter 5. For those of you who don't, but you can remember, Joshua put the bed of Jericho, 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 Joshua put the bed of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down, right up to the walls of Jericho. He ran with a spear in his hand. He said, blow the trumpets loud and strong, cause the battle am in my hand. Okay, that's my version anyway. Here's what scripture has to say about that scene. Beginning verse 13, and when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and said, Are you for us or are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but it's commanded of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua fell to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for the servants? And the commander of the army replied, Take off your sandal, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went in or went out. Then the Lord said to Joshua, I delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the men armed. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear the sound of a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse. And the people will go up. And every man straight in. Let me give you a picture of the walls here for a minute. Historians tell us that the ancient city was... One of the great walls, as a matter of fact, depending on um, your archaeological timelines, some people believe that Jericho is the oldest city on the planet. Jericho. Fortified. It was surrounded by two massive stone walls. The outer wall, here are the dimensions, the outer wall was six feet thick and 20 feet high. The inner wall was 12 feet thick and 30 feet high. And between the two, there was a 15-foot guarded walkway that connected the two walls all the way around the city. Now, it, it is said that you could have two chariots being pulled by eight team, eight horse teams, and they could meet on the wall and not touch. It was the most impenetrable city from a military standpoint that had been conceived to that point. Can can you imagine? We're not just talking about a paper mache wall here, everybody. We are talking about something substantial. It, It is huge. It is enormous. No one in front of them has ever taken Jericho on and beat it. Jericho was an undefeated city. Yet that walled city stood between these two and a half million Israelites and a promise of God. That's a pretty significant obstacle. Any of you ever had to fight an obstacle? 
I mean, something that was just... And you looked at it and went... I mean, no wonder earlier... I think it's Numbers. Chapter 15, as a matter of fact. There are 12 guys that are sent to look at this great land and come back with a report. And their report is 10 of them. These guys are big. And their cities are bigger. And there's no way we are grasshoppers in the sight of these people. Have you ever felt like in one of those obstacles that you were nothing more than a grasshopper? That, that what was in front of you that was keeping you from God's promise of his goodness, how many promises are in the book? A lot. And how many promises in the book of God are yours? Well, we used to sing a song. Mine, 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 Jesus is mine. Mine when I'm weary, mine when I'm dreary. We also sang with that, every promise of the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, and every line. Oh, the blessings of his love divine. Every promise in the book. Some of you are catching on. If you didn't know the song before, you can fill in the blank there. Because every promise in the book is... The ancient city of Jericho represents in Scripture every obstacle, every stronghold, every moment, everything, every person that separates you from God's promise. Now, now I know that there are some of you in the room that are really spiritual. I mean, you are really spiritual. You are unbelievably spiritual. You, you are warriors. You're so spiritual. But regardless of how pious you are, it's written on your page. Regardless of how pious you are, regardless of how strong you think you are, I just added that one. There are things that are embedded in your life that hinder you from your walk with God. So I guess I'm talking to everybody in the house today. It's something that stops you. Last week we talked about the great cloud of witnesses and that we should lay aside every sin that does so easily beset us. It's what stops us from being disciplined. I know what stops me from being disciplined. I like to eat. I'm doing okay on giving up pop. But I like to eat. I've given up hamburgers. I've given up french fries. I still like to eat. I find a way. I like my, my 8 o'clock every night bowl of ice cream. <laughs> I have gone to like ice cream, but I still like my ice cream. Whether it's chocolate chip, or vanilla bean, or chocolate mint, or Rocky Road, I don't do pistachio. That's my dad. So that's not. There's still stuff in all of us that keeps us. Now, now I want you to think of the thing. It could be that you're harboring unforgiveness, and that's the thing. It, it could be that, that that you're really upset with somebody sitting on the other side. It could be that you compared what you've got and what somebody else has got and they've got more and you've got less. It could be some bitterness. It could be something in your past. It 
only you know in God. But every time you get ready and say, Okay, God, I'm going to do something. Come on, get <laughs> And the difference between you now and you where you want to be is an obstacle. It's as big as the walls of Jericho. Have you got the, got the thing? I don't care how spiritual you think you are. You've all got a thing. You've all got a thing. The portion of scripture I just read, and I'm going to read a couple of more pieces. I hope are going to give us a, a roadmap, a pathway, a, a blueprint. Now, I've been around building long enough and have attempted to uh, build some churches and some structures for the kingdom. The blueprints are the roadmap, and sometimes you have to make some modifications. So I'm giving everybody the license to take the blueprint and make personal modification and personal application. Okay? I also know that when change orders come in on the job site... It's 150% charge to make a change order off the blueprint. Once you've agreed, right? You think, oh, well, let's just move this wall. Well, you can do it with this cost. So you can make your own personal application, but always remember that there's going to be a cost to what you do. i got to go back and read it. Because you got to get it. Joshua's near the city of Jericho. He looks up and sees a man standing in front of him. The man has a drawn sword. And Joshua goes to him. Sometimes, if we're going to face the obstacle, we've got to confront. Look at it face to face. We've got to come face to face. We've got to see who we are and who we aren't. And that's when we get into some problems sometimes in our own life because everybody thinks that I'm such a spiritual person and I've got so many victories. And on the inside, you're going around, I am on one, but it's really good. I don't like it. It's really good. It's, it's so, I mean, I just, I can't stop. I, I don't, I, I, I want to go over and I just, I, and then, I, Here's what I understand after 35 years of pastoring. We hate personal moments of truth. We like revelation on everybody else. But when it comes to us, we hate personal moments of truth. We hate to see ourselves in light of who we really are. Because sometimes we have to admit that we aren't everything that we think we are. Yet... Those are the very moments where the Word of God says, in your weakness, He is made perfect. Everybody, man, I don't like to admit that I'm not strong. I, I, I will run and do and go as long as I can and wait beyond when I should. If you haven't known that about me, that's a newsflash. I, I hate that at 56, 
there are things that I can't do that I used to do. I, I hate that there are some times that I have to pick up the phone like I did this week and say, Sid and Don, can, can you go see Tom who just had a stint put in on Monday morning because I couldn't get there because I was all played out. I, I hate that. I've never had to admit that before. I got there on Tuesday. I didn't get there on Monday. Sid and Don went to my place. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that I did two funerals and a wedding yesterday and had all I could do to get out of bed at 4.30 this morning. I've never had to do that. I'm just three hours of sleep and here we go. I was beat. I hate that I'm not as strong as I think I am. And more than that, what I hate is that I have to admit it in front of you. But there's supposed to be in the body of Christ release when we admit that we aren't all that we thought we were. It doesn't get any more personal in this position to win message than that for me. For me to stand and talk to you about me. And I'm supposed to be the leader. Did you get what just happened in Scripture? This man who is the leader sees something in the Spirit and it becomes tangible and visible. It becomes real. And and in that moment, he has to confront. He has to understand that this voice of God that's speaking knows who he is. In those moments of great confrontation, when you are at your weakest, and when, when, when... Everybody listen. He really does know your name. Your name wasn't a happenstance of, well, it's my standing joke of how Asians name their kids. They take change and throw it down the register and it goes clang, 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 clang. That's what it sounds like to me. Okay? It's not a racist thing. That's just, that's what it sounds like to me. Dennis, right? <laughs> okay, there. <laughs> See? <laughs> Yet the Almighty knows six billion people individually and knows the individual obstacle. He knows Kevin. That you were out of work for months and months and months and months and months. Did everything. Went everywhere. Filled out application after application after application. Now you got a job. He knows your name. He knows your name. Because it's a moment of truth. When, when you get to the point where he knows your name... more than just a passing thought that Joshua's encounter did you see this encounter says it's time for you to understand where you are is holy ground before God but God that, that it's, it's, it's a 30 foot tall obstacle it's, it's a lifelong habit it, it's everything that I've done for and 
You mean in the middle of the stuff with all of the thing and its greatness and I'm this and it's that. It's a place where I'm to worship you. It's exactly the place. Because when you begin to worship him where you're at, he can move you to where he wants you to go. This worship thing that we do on Sunday mornings isn't just so everyone can give me an example. Kumbaya, Kumbaya. It's so that you have some time in your week. Now, be honest. How many of you, for the 30 minutes that we were in worship this morning, it was the first 30 minutes that you blocked everything out and you had 30 minutes of quiet before God and you could worship Him? Be honest, how many of you, that, that was the deal for the week? To worship God is, is the key that opens up when you understand you aren't all of that. You don't have all the answers. And that there's some stuff that's really bigger than you are. When you begin to accept that, then you begin to understand that the battle that you're going to fight is not his. He has already determined the outcome. You can fight all you want. And my question is, how many of you have been trying to win against an obstacle and you've been trying to do it on your own with your own way and your own thoughts? And, and just, you, you know, okay, be honest, Revelation 21, 8, liars and friars, we've got that out of the way. Okay. So my simple question is, how's that working out for you? It is his battle, it is his victory, and he has already determined the outcome. So quit trying to fight it on your own. Accept that he's got authority that you don't have. That he is above the 30-foot wall and the 6, uh, 12, uh, 18 feet thick. He, he's bigger than that. He is the master who has the key on every area, just not on some. Well, you sometimes give God this box and say, okay, God, it's a really good box that you should work in. <laughs> but you're not big enough. And you're not strong enough. And you're not wise enough. And you don't have money enough to help me. Am I a little torque this morning? Yeah. He won the battle before the battle was ever fought. Now on this side thing, the question is, whose side are you on? <laughs> you got to understand one thing. He's not here to choose sides. He's here to take over. Are you going to be firm? Are you first or against us? <laughs> now, you know that I love NIV. For some of you, the closest that you can get to NIV is it's called the Nearly Inspired Version of God. But the NIV translators missed a word, everybody. The command was not for Joshua to take off his shoes. It was for Joshua to take off his shoe. It was singular. It's not, it's not, it's not plural. It's singular. 
But you say, well, that's pretty, that, that's, that's really strange, isn't that? That's pretty odd, that's, that's kind of ridiculous. God, you, you want me to take off one shoe because this is holy ground? The reason for the one shoe takeoff is that in antiquity, in days of the Old Testament, when a covenant was made between two people, the person who was the weaker would signify his weakness by taking off one shoe and presenting the one shoe to the person who had the power over him to perform. How far could you travel in the desert sands of the Middle East in one shoe? How far could you travel? How's that working for you? In, in reality, everybody, that's what we do sometimes with God. We give Him the shoes. And then we try to run away from it. Take off your shoe. Take off your sandal. Say, here it is, God. The only way I'm going to win this is allow you to win it for me. The only way we're going to get through this is to be confronted with that I'm not and you are. So here it is. Got really quiet. Everybody? Here's the shoe. I'm going to make a covenant with you, God. Here's the shoe. Yeah, it's holy ground. I got it. It's holy ground. But I can't take another step unless you tell me to put the shoe back on. I can't fight this battle unless I know the battle is yours and I'm going to confront that I'm not and you are. Here's the shoe. Here's the shoe. Here's the shoe. Here's the shoe. I wait for some of you. Some of you are still getting your shoe on. You, you need to get it off and hold it up and say, here's the shoe. Here's the shoe. Now, now it's a cute illustration, but it's an amazing moment. It's an amazing moment. God, this is a God moment, everybody. Here's the shoe. Here's the shoe. Here's the shoe. Here's the shoe. I mean, what, what do you do with the other one? Take it out of your office. No, no. It just, God, if you put me in the position to win, I'm going to make a covenant with you. Here's the shoe. Your marriage, here's the shoe. My work, here's the shoe. My kids, here's the shoe. My checkbook, here's the shoe. My habit, here's the shoe. What else you got? What have I missed? The cancer, here's the shoe. My lack of work, here's the shoe. <laughs> Only George. See, God's not making a decision on what side He's going to take. He's already made the decision that it's His. He's not here to take sides. He's here to take over. He's, he's here to do more than you could ever imagine to do. I can't fight the battle. He's already fought the battle. I need victory. He's already the victor. And He calls us to be confident in Him because He's the great warrior, the captain of the host. That's who this is. Depending on your understanding of Scripture, this is a 
theophany. This is an appearance of the Son of God before He comes in bodily form. He shows up with the host of angels and it's the captain of the host and it's the Son of God and it's Christ and and it's Him and He's saying, I'm with you. I've already fought the battle. I'm with you. I've given you victory. Stop trying to fight it your way. Have confidence in me. He even says so much confidence, He tells and takes Joshua on a journey back. And shows him that the promises that were made, he did. He brings him to the present and says, The promises I've made, I'm doing. And if you've got the past and the present, can you trust me enough to know that what I've promised in the future, I'll do for you too? Confidence. 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 To be confident means you've given full trust. You've given full trust in the plan. Now the plan is, is an interesting plan. Seven priests are to walk because that represents a perfect advocate. Someone that is for you, not against you. Seven ram horns. It's all about the atonement. It's all about the perfection of what God will do. And the ram's horn was grace and mercy. And there were seven of them. Again, the number of perfection. There was the Ark of the Covenant that represents the power of the living God that is always with us. The things that are called for them to use to walk around the city. And the result is when they did that, they were assured victory. They were assured victory. Are you tired of saying that you're a Christian and failing? Stop doing both. Stop trying to do and allow God to be. You're trying to do the Christian thing and you're failing at the Christian thing and you walk around going, where are you, God? And he's going, just waiting for you. (laughs) Understand that in our day, 2,000 years beyond the cross, we have something that the Old Testament believers didn't have. We have three words spoken by the Son of God in the fleeting moments of life and breath on this earth as He cries from the cross, It is finished! Called to confront. We're called to have confidence. Now, if you want to go back and try to do the thing on your own and fight for your own and you know win over that habit on your own and try to balance a checkbook when you've got way too much month left at the end of your money and you're you're up to here in debt, keep going for it. If you're serious, get your shoe off and say, God, I can't take another step unless you take me with that step and put my shoe back on. I'm making a covenant with you. A covenant between the infinite and the invisible. And who you are today with what you don't have. But believing that He's more than enough for what you do have. Conquer in His name. When we say in the name of Jesus at the end of a prayer, it's not just a a few simple good words and we rally people around in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. No, 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 no. That's the Word of God. When you pray in the name of Jesus. Don't don't try to pray in my name. I can tell you don't pray in Phil's name. Don't pray in George's name. Don't pray in Nina's name. Don't pray in Alva's name. 
you dare. Brother Maurice, don't pray in your name, all you victory outreach guys that are here. Don't pray it. Don't. Oh, no. We are called as believers to do something that, that Muslims don't do, and Buddhists don't do, and Islamists don't do, and, and Hebrews don't do. We're called to invoke the Son of God into everything we do by praying in the name of Jesus. Because the last time I checked, of all the religious leaders in the world, there's one empty grave. There is one empty grave. And that empty grave is the one that I'm going to go for. Because I've been to a few graves. I was to two yesterday. We're called to pray not in our strength. We're called to not pray in our victories. We're called not to pray in the name of the king or the queen of England. She may be the head of the Anglican Church, but she's not the head of the Church of Jesus Christ. We are called to pray in the name of Jesus because it's in Him that we live and move and have our being. It's in Him that we are called to be more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of fighting and failing. I want to fight and win. Some dedications needed. You've got to determine if you're going to win. And I'm going to wrap in the next couple of minutes. If you're going to win, you have to determine that you're going to finish. Can you imagine those, those Israelites walking around that wall? I know he told us to go seven times on the seventh day, but I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm getting heat stroke. Is there any water out here? I want to talk! No. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I want to dance! No. Didn't say dance. They were disciplined to obey the plan. And they determined... See, we've got too many Christians running around in failure because they didn't determine to finish. They got, a good, they got a good start, but they didn't determine to finish. They, they set themselves up to say, yeah, oh wow, okay, I'm, I'm going home. I, I, I'm really tired, I'm going home. I know there was a plan, Pastor, but I'm not, I'm not on board with that plan anymore. I want to do my own plan. I want, I want to fight these obstacles my way. Sure, go for it. Rock! <laughs> you branded yourself. I didn't brand it. Some of you have never determined that you're going to finish. Vital song, vital moment. I intend to reach the goal, that's why I started. I intend to reach the goal, that's why I try. I have peace within my heart. Praise the Lord, I made the start, but I intend to reach the goal. That's why I try. The tune goes, I intend to reach the goal, that's why I started. 
I intend to reach the goal. That's why I try. I have peace within my heart. Praise the Lord. I've made the start. I intend to reach the goal. That's why I try. You've never determined that you're going to finish. It's, it's great to have Jesus today, but I don't know about the long haul. So I'll just do the day thing. and I'll do the option. I'll go to the, I'll go to the Chinese buffet. and Oh, it's good to get an egg roll today, but I'm not sure about that egg roll tomorrow. I like to choose Jesus today, but, but tomorrow, you know, the road could get a little rough and the obstacle could get really big and so... I have three statements on your, on your outline this morning and I'll do them quickly. Before there's ever a resurrection, there always has to be a crucifixion. What are you going to die to? Are you going to die to your own plan? Are you going to die to, to, you know, well, I'm a really good, smart warrior. I mean, I licked this once, I can do it again. I figured out my checkbook once, I can figure it out twice. I, 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 I dumped one marriage, but I met the second one, and I'm going to make that one work. And I'm really going to... Before the resurrection, there's a crucifixion. Something in you has to die. John says, I die. Sometimes. I die annually. I die every decade. I die once in the millennium. No. He makes it a strong point. I die daily. Before there's a resurrection, there's a crucifixion. Before you're ever going to have a testimony, you've got to go through the test. Yeah, we don't like that one. Before you can win the gold medal, you got to run the race. I didn't see anybody walk in the stadium anywhere along the way in the last two weeks and say, I'm a gold medal winner. Did you run the No. Throw a javelin? No. Just showed up. No, that's what the people in the audience did. They showed up. Those 204 countries and the athletes from the 204 countries, they worked. Before you can have a testimony, you're going to have a test. Before there is life, there has to be death. Is it unforgiveness? Is it envy? Bitterness? Critical spirit? The stronghold. You thought of it earlier. I've given you time to walk away from it. Now I'm going to bring you back to it. Your stronghold. That you're holding on to and you plan in both feet. Get your shoe off. Hold it up and make a covenant with God. Because it's holy ground. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. The stronghold will only be conquered when you begin to conquer in His name. I guarantee you there is not only hope, but there is help. And it comes in the person of Jesus Christ, who is the victor. The nature of your stronghold, it's not about the nature. It's about whether you're going to release it or not. And you're going to do, because remember, they determined they were going to finish So they walked seven times on the seventh day. And the walls collapsed. 
Say that's really too simple. No, that's the blueprint. Say, but that was really good for back then, and they had much more faith than I. No, they walk the same walk of, in the journey that you do. The only thing was they took a shoe off <coughs> and started the whole thing with the shoe. And we had a couple. Hey God, I'll take my sandal off, I'll take my shoe off. Because I can't take another step unless you tell me to put it back on. Father, in the name of Jesus, this is covenant moment, this is uh, declaration time, and this is uh, where life begins to change. Uh, I don't care how high somebody thinks I am or how weak somebody else says I am, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. I have the ability to do more than I ever thought I could do, but I can't do it until I set the covenant, until I set in motion my eyes and my ears listening to you and being obedient to the plan and getting disciplined in my life. So it starts today, God. I'm going to take my shoe off. I'm going to say, I covenant with you that you're the victor, and I'm going to walk in victory. I, I covenant with you that the battle is yours, it's not mine. I covenant with you that you're going to see me through to the end. I'm not going to finish this race as a failure. I'm going to finish this race as a winner. Uh, I've got one win, I'm going to make it two. I've got two, I'm going to make it three. I've got three, I'm going to make it four. I've got 40, I'm going to make it 50. I've got 100, I'm going to make it 150. I've got 100, I'm going to make it 300. I'm going to finish this race. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. Therefore, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And for not me only, but for all of those that finish the race. So today we're going we're gonna to determine that we're going to finish. Mm-hmm. We're going to take the shoe off and until you tell us to put the shoe back on, this is holy ground, we won't move. We won't move in our lives because the obstacles are too big. They're 30 feet high. They're 18 feet thick. We're grasshoppers. We're, we're insignificant. But with you, I am more than a conqueror for Christ who strengthens me. Strengthens me. Confront us for who we are. Give us confidence in who you are. Give us determination. Give us the ability to see this to the end. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed this morning. We come to the conclusion of a, of a great worship service and experience that I believe kind of sets the bar for us. You know the obstacle. You can call it an obstacle, I call it a stronghold. You can call it a habit. I call it something that keeps you from the promises of God. From laying hold and walking with a victory. You know exactly what it is. You know how hard you fought on your own to get rid of it. I'm going to ask you to do something. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If if you're serious about this this moment, and you're serious about the illustration, take your shoe off. You can take your right shoe off, you can take your left shoe off. I'm not going to ask you to take a step. I'm, not, I'm going to ask you to understand that where you are right now is holy ground in front of the obstacle, in front of the hindrance, in front of the stronghold. Take your shoe off. I'm going to ask you in just a second to hold it up. Again, this is a private moment. This is a God moment. This is an aha moment. It's something better than Oprah can give us. It's an aha moment in the Holy Spirit of God. And the captain of the host is standing in front of us today. And he is here to do the miraculous. He is here to give you victory. Here to allow you to be an overcomer. To give you a testimony in the middle of your test. 
to give you resurrection in the middle of your crucifixion and to give you life in the middle of what you're going to die to. The habits, the, the lifestyle, the, the harboring of bitterness and unforgetfulness and, and forgiveness that, that you keep away from others and you hold it and they won't forgive me so I'm not going to forgive them. It's not about that. It's that we are to forgive others as, they would, as we would have them forgive us. So in this moment, here it is. Got your shoe ready? In the name of Jesus, I ask that the covenant that's being made right now with raised shoes. Raised shoes. For some, it's a, it's a sign of tremendous weakness. can't believe he's asked me to do that. You look at the leader of two and a half million and ask him to do it, he did it. I pray in the name of Jesus that the victory that has been promised now becomes the victory that walks into our present and gives us faith to build on because if you did it in the past, you're doing it in the present. You're sure going to do it in the future. This isn't a one-day, one-day wonder. This is the beginning of a victory road for people who have raised shoes right now. In Jesus' name. 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 He's the victor. He's the victor. I'm not a victim. He's the victor. In Jesus' name. 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 Hallelujah. I said this from here now, knowing that we've been bought, that we have confidence in you. Now to him who was able to keep us faultless and blameless and present us that day without spot or blemish. Send us from here now in your mercy and in your grace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.